sacrifices of praise this morning to your courts we are entering into your courts Lord we ask that may your gates be open to us freely this morning may we come and partake of holy things of things that can only be found where you are things that can only be found in your house our father this morning I pray let every heart be come under the dew of your presence this morning and let your doctrine let your words distill as the deep and rest upon every heart thank you our father i give glory to your name father i commit my vessel to you use my my heart to speak help my heart to connect the spirit i ask for let there be an express help this morning father to break into the core of what you want to say to us, your people. Thank you, our Father. We give glory to your name. Holy Spirit of God, we reverence you. Holy Spirit, Master Prestia, Praheveni. Radioste, Candoligamai, Hialdo Stepana. Frandai, Sadanai, Tasada. Spirit of God, Karados, Tapahana. Reste. You are the one you move, the one who moves the things of God into men. You carry them into men, you drive them into men, into the hearts of men by your operations, your invisible dealings, Holy Spirit. We just we want to flow at your pace of movement this morning. We want to just move as you're moving. We want to let your your waves, your tide, lift our our sail this morning and carry us at the wavelength of the spirit. Let your spirit let interpret the word to us, open the book to us. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please just welcome somebody and say, I'm happy to see you. 
I'm glad to see your face. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen. Praise God. Please, can we appreciate my wife, please? Just... Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Galatians chapter Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'll read from uh, verse 16, Galatians 5, verse 16. It says that, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Praise the Lord. Walk in the Spirit. Amen. How are you? Happy to see you. You're welcome. Um, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Praise God. Why? For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the past time, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And against such, there is no love. Praise God. And indeed that our Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lost. Now, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Praise God. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, um, this this chapter, Paul is speaking concerning. Um, he has be- he began to he, had, he began to speak to the Galatian church, 
and uh, he be, he's dealing with issues in their work. Amen. Amen. Uh, this Galatian epistle, um, Galatia, praise God, they had, they had problems. They had problems um, in, after a while, they, they had walked with the Lord, walked in the spiritual point, then they began to have problems with continuity in the spirit. Praise the Lord. They began to have what? They, be, they began to have problems with continuing in the spirit. Amen. Amen. That's where you see that Galatians chapter 3 from that strong admonishment or admonishing that he gave to them, right? He said, oh foolish Galatians, like he was almost insulting them, that, praise God, he said, who has bewitched you? Praise the Lord. Um, so something they had, um, they, this Galatian church, I, I believe they must have come in contact with adversaries, um, and I believe strongly they would have been in the form of men who the devil has walked on to, to slay the path of the spirit in men. Praise God. Um, and such men, um, Paul complained about them sometimes that they've lent, they've lent doctrine to a level, but they didn't give themselves to it. After a while, they opened themselves up to Satan because they were handling faith without a pure conscience. Praise God. And so when they, they began to do that, they, because the conscience is what, the conscience in the path of faith, the conscience is what helps the soul to maintain the path. Because the path of faith is a very, very narrow path. It says straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life. Amen. And so, of course, we know the way that leads to life is, is the faith way. Praise God. Is a, is a faith way that then becomes a love way. Praise God. Is a faith way that then belong, becomes what? Is a faith way that then be, becomes a love way. It's the same way, but, is a, but according to how the walker is walking, the, on that same way you can walk a faith walk and you can lo- walk a love walk. So on the same way, at least the life, some, some are walking in that way, but they are, they are able to measure significant love walk. There are some who are still learning faith, who are still walking in the way, but they are walking in the faith of the way. The, the faith dimension of walking is when you are still learning, you are still learning the culture of the way. Praise God. What I say? When you are still what? You are still learning the culture of the way. Um, amen. amen. And then love, the amount of love walk you can take is the amount of mastery that the soul has gained in the way. Praise God. Amen. amen. So, so these guys who had come, they've done a lot of damage. They moved them out of, they moved them out of the out of the spirit, then they move them into the law. Okay? Now, when you move a soul from the spirit into the law, you're not moving them into the law. But there's really no such thing called the law. 
there is only flesh. Because the, the law has already been hijacked by, by, by flesh. Amen. Praise the Lord. That law, see what the law could not do in that. It was weak through the flesh. So, so law, any kind of law or righteousness that is given, that is not, that is not, that is not carried by the Spirit, is not administered by the Spirit, is always lower than the flesh. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, what, so what actually happened was, these guys were coming again into, the, into bondage. And it's easy for us to say, you know, this kind of, all these verses, is where we speak about this thing and we believe to all these people. Yeah. <laughs> praise God. You know, you know, we know, you know, we are, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> you know, under the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, they went back to the Lord, they're like, Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, so you, you, it's hard for you to understand this if you don't really understand what that law was at this time. Well, whether, whether you like it or not, amen. amen. Whether you like it or not, like even all these nations, like Galatian, maybe the Asian nations, and even the other places in Europe which the gospel got to, where you had a lot of Gentiles who were not Jews, but who were who were who became Christians by Paul's missionary journey and all his and the other ministers? Praise God! So you could say that they were, they were not Gentiles, but they were just they are just like us. But really, Christianity was still strongly Jewish in its in this first century. In its at this time, because most of the, the apostles who were carrying it were all Jews. Do you understand that? They were all Jews, and um, even though they were not ministering Judaism, but it's possible that all their Judaism hasn't left. Do you understand that? So what you will find is that, is that somehow most of these, these Gentiles, when they are ministered to by those apostles, somehow they will still be behaving Jewishly. <laughs> They will still carry their culture. Do you understand what I mean? Just by not, not that they haven't taken it religiously; they're just taking it in terms of how they are behaving. You know what I mean? So, so that the snare of falling into the law was greater than, let's say, you today in the twenty-first century living in Canada, and then you, to you, you feel like that law is so far, it's such, it's not, you don't even know what the law is. <laughs> It's not a real thing. Do you understand that? Although we have our own form of legalism, which is the same type of that thing called the law. Do you understand that? And the same way these guys fell into that thing, we also retreat ourselves, praise God, into form. So whatever stands as law to a man is any form of morality that existed before Christ came. And every man has his own. Yes, Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I making sense? Yes, In the book of Romans chapter, is it chapter 1? Paul, um, Paul was saying something. He was, he was speaking about how God sees people. Those who are Jews, who have the law, how he addresses them, how he judges them. And those who are Gentiles, who didn't have that written law of Moses. But he says, eat them, they actually have something inside of them. Their conscience excusing or... Uh-huh. And those are a law unto themselves. Yes. Praise God. 
Yeah. Do, you, do you get that? Yeah. So, so um, when when a person, let's say someone today in in as as a Christian, praise God. To you, law. What law? When you are, you are reading the law, the law, the law. Don't distance, distance yourself from it. To you, your law is your unrenewed mind. Praise the Lord. Does that make sense? Do you follow? You follow what I said? Praise God. To you, your own law, your law is what, what were you living by before Christ came? Before revelation started coming to you? Before your eyes started opening? Before the Spirit started bringing a, a different righteousness? The righteousness of a different man to you? Praise God. What was, what was your own framework of right and wrong? It's your unrenewed mind. Amen. So when you say, oh, foolish Galatians, you can put your name there. <laughs> Who has bewitched you? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And these same kind of men who say bewitched. When they say who, are, who has bewitched you, Paul knows the guys he's talking about. He knows the guys. You know, you know what witchcraft is? Witchcraft means you manipulate a soul. You manipulate a soul to, to act a certain way that he wouldn't ordinarily act in if he was normal, if his mind was clear. Praise the Lord. So, so this witchcraft, say, when you say you the word witchcraft, it, it involves men. You cannot have witchcraft where it's only, it is only an evil spirit. Praise God. When an evil spirit is talking to a soul, it's not witchcraft. <laughs> it's just, you're just maybe tempted by a spirit. Something is talking to you. You're, you know what I mean? When, when you see bewitched, it means a man was involved. It means a man who had cooperated with the spirit has now, he had, they've now taught him skill to use his soul to deceive other men. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, and you have, you, you have such things today. You have such things today. I mean, and so today, it's not men carrying law. It is men who are Christians, but who are driving other Christians to live by their unrenewed mind. Tempt you out of the spirit. They will give you, both by their talking, but even just the way they are living, the way they present, they have, they have, the, they have been trained by spirit to... To be able to make a Christian who is trying to follow the Spirit, you look at them and become ashamed of the path of the Spirit. Yes, sir. Amen. There is a, <laughs> it's because of an, an, an ability to preach a life that is contrary to the way of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, so, these things, um, this, so these things are real. And um, this Galatian church, they, I don't know maybe how far they had walked in the spirit or to what level they had walked in the spirit, but I think they might have walked quite a bit. And then they now began to fall back into all those things. Amen. Amen. So, so, that, so that gives you the context of this chapter 5. Praise God. Now let's read again. Let's read again chapter 5 from... From verse 16. Amen. Thank you, Father. He says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and then the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye will. But if ye be led by the Spirit, 
you are not what under the Lord. And he began to speak about the, the works of the flesh from the more manifest ones to the ones that are less manifest. So in verse 19, the ones that are manifest, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, then you now began to go to idolatry, then you see witchcraft, hatred, then you now began to speak of variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions. So some of the other things they mentioned are less manifest. They are more inward, praise God. But they are still um, works of the flesh. And it says, they that do such things shall not inherit what the, the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Um, then verse 22 says that, but this, the fruit of the Spirit is, is love, praise God, is joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And against such, there is no what? Law. And indeed that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the, with the affections and the laws. Then if we live in the Spirit, then let us also do what? Let us also walk in the Spirit. Praise God. Um, so, one of the things I... I, I I think here is um, the most of these people for sure. Galatian church, they were Christians, they were born again. Amen. Amen. And I also believe that they have also walked to a le- on the, uh, to a level. Uh, you, you see that they've already walked to a level, but their walk they began to be seduced out of their walk or the or their path in what in the spirit. Praise God. Now, now, this verse 25 says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. I want to say something now. This living in the spirit, I, I, there's a time I used to think it was, it was just since, since you are born again, now begin to walk in the spirit. I don't think that's what they're saying here. Because of the way he phrased it, I don't think he will say, if he, he, you live in the spirit, if he's talking about them being born again. All right? If you live in the spirit, if you live in the spirit, Maybe he would have said, if you are alive in the spirit, or if you are alive, praise God. Or he could have even said, if you are born again, or something like that. Praise God. Amen. Or he could have said, if you have been raised from the dead. Or that's Paul's normal language for such things. Praise God. But what he's saying, if you live in the spirit, what he's actually talking about is people who have... Who have, who have already come into faith life. Because that was his teaching. He said the just shall live by faith. According to Romans chapter, chapter 1. Praise God. He was talking about the gospel of Christ. There is revelation and all that. Say for the just shall live. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For it is written the just shall live by faith. So, so what I, I believe is. That these people, to a level, they've, maybe a number of them are already living in the spirit. So somebody who, is, who, is, who has gotten initiation into faith walk, they've learned to walk by faith. Walking by faith means they've learned to walk by revelation. 
Praise the Lord. They've learned to walk by what? By revelation. And so because they, they are walking by revelation, anybody who is walking by revelation is living in the spirit. Praise God. If you are walking by revelation, you are doing what? You are living. That when they check in the realm of the spirit, they can find your, you there. They, they see your soul doing, they see your soul's activity. You are doing things in the spirit. If you are not using faith, you are not doing anything in the spirit. If you are not using faith, you are dead spiritually. Even though you are born again. But when it comes to your soul, like I was saying last time, you, you can be in, in the graveyard and you are doing house, you are building house, you are, you are saving for retirement, you are having kids, you, are, you have a wife, you are building, you have ministry, you are, praise God, you are reaching out to the lost, you are getting people born again, but your soul is in the graveyard. Yes. Yes. A, a, a graveyard soul is a soul that doesn't have dealings with the revelations of Christ. And without the revelation of Christ, no soul can, you can't break out, you can't have any dealings outside the grave. The grave means, the grave just, is just simple. The grave is the perimeter that Satan has, the devil has drawn out. You get what I mean? The perimeter that the devil has drawn out and that constitute the definition of life for men. You understand that? Is it, it constitutes the definition of life forward for men. For men and it makes sure there's active power that enforces that dimension, that perimeter, is the power of ignorance. You get? Because he knows that. He knows that a man can never do anything beyond what he knows. Yeah. <laughs> a man can never do anything beyond. He will do, he can get so busy and busy and busy and busy. He will be doing the same things, the same things, the same things, the same things. He, can't, he can never break out to do something more than that. Praise the Lord. So that place, that place of where man's understanding is cut off, he calls it alienation from the life of God in Ephesians chapter 4. Praise the Lord. In, because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the blindness of their hearts. So if someone is alienated from the life, it means you are an alien of the life. Right? Praise the Lord. You are, you are what? An alien of the life. Amen. And just for the benefit of some of us, that alien of the life, he wasn't speaking about unbelievers. Even He was speaking to believers, even though he mentioned the word Gentiles. He didn't say you are a Gentile. He said do not walk as other Gentiles walk. So if... Why would he say do not walk as other Gentiles walk? If it's not possible for a Christian to walk as other Gentiles walk. Are you seeing that? So, so it's very, very clear. I mean, if it's not possible, you won't, there's no point why you're saying that. Yes. It means it's very, very possible. And, and most likely, they were walking. Some of them were walking as on the, other Gentiles walk. And he now began to explain the walk of the Gentiles in the vanity of their mind. Praise the Lord. Having their understanding darkened. Praise God. Being alienated from the life. Are you now seeing that? So it now means that a Christian, you are born again. Praise God. That's Ephesians chapter 4. You are born again. You are alive in your spirit. Your spirit man is Christ. But in Paul's language of the of New Testament, there's something he calls being alienated from the life of God for a Christian. So, so it's very clear that that is language. He's not speaking about your, 
who your spirit man is. He's talking about what, because he mentioned the word walk there. It means in terms of what you are doing. <laughs> Praise God. So if you see God as just a figurative being or someone there who is, um, uh, amen. amen. If you see God as just a, I don't know, maybe figurative is not the word. He's just a, an abstract entity. That's just the God. Amen. And every believer starts, in terms of your awareness of God, you start from that point. When you're born again, you're very, very ignorant of who God is. So God is just an abstract. We pray to him and all that. Amen. But, and so when you get born again, you, you can now also then tend to see your, the requirement of your salvation that way, in an abstract sense. In other words, who are you? I'm, I'm a child of God. I am one with God and one with Christ and all that. We say all those things. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Or you say, I am Christ. I am Christ in my... I am become Christ. Now I am one with him. Which is very, very true. Praise God. Uh, which is true. I would respect to who your spirit is. Who you are really. In the realm of the spirit. Amen. Amen. But when... As you begin to journey in the faith, one of the purposes of Christian journeying is to bring God out of his abstraction. Mm-hmm. That is the, and, and that in, you cannot do it in one day. You take a soul who just got born again today, preach anything you want, anything you want. The most anointed preacher, preach from now to tomorrow. There's no way that by tomorrow he has, he's able to, in his soul, appreciate the reality of God. You know what I mean? I, you know the way you, maybe you have a, in your house, I have my wife here. My wife is not an abstract thing. She's not an abstract entity. The things she does affects me. What she says affects me. <laughs> Praise God. There are some things that depend on her to do. If she, if she stops doing those things, I'm in serious trouble. I will feel it. <laughs> do you understand what I mean? Yes, sir. You, you get what I mean? Yes, sir. But uh, someone who just got born again, it's not like, it's not like that. You're just... Amen. God is still very much in his abstraction. To you. So, so I, I, one of the problems with that is that you do not, you then not, you don't have the a, a good, good enough capacity to see God as a doer of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? I said in terms of a, as a being who has a life. The way you are busy every day, you are doing things. He is also an entity who is also doing things. <laughs> you understand what I mean? <laughs> Praise God. For most Christians, God, all oh God is, is that guy in heaven. What is he doing there? He's just, he has many white beards. With, uh, he's wearing a white something. And he's just sitting on the throne like this. <laughs> and he's just there waiting for all of us to come. And then when we come, we just join him and be there like this. <laughs> Praise God. Are, are you getting me? So part of the, what is the scripture is to bring God out of his abstraction. In order to do that, they have to begin to lay line by line, precept by precept, the riches of his person. That if your life is rich in terms of your activity, how about the one who invented the concept of life and living and activity? He made everything. <laughs> is he just there not doing anything? Do you know how much what your brain capacity is? Like your own tiny, this is your, our small head like this. This tiny brain, what it can do. 
it can weave out design and paint out a life for decades are you get what i'm saying it's it's when you see everything let's take a man who has lived for 70 80 years and you want to begin to lay out all the things that he has done many you can't even begin you know what i mean praise god now and that's just a little thing that god just gave to man how much more the creator who has no beginning he has no now if in your own thinking and doing that there are some things that will stop you in fact there will be a point even just thinking you will think to a point your brain will start paining you amen have you, has that happened to you before have you read before and then when you just got to one point you say today there's no way we can go beyond here you you want to go your brain will tell you no we can't even praise god <laughs> so so you have a limitation but even with that limitation see the amount of things we can do see the amount of activity what we call my life my life ah my life wow ah that guy is living a good life what's the meaning of that when you say ah that guy is living a good life are you saying ah the air is breathing is very good so 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 it means life is not just um i'm breathing do you get what i mean that i'm not dead I'm actually living. That's not what life means. So most of when Paul is talking about life, he's not just saying that, ah, that thing exists. It's just there. No. When you say, ah, but that guy has a good life, you're talking about the summation of everything, what he's doing. You, you get that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Does that make sense? So God is not just an abstract creature. So and whilst you're beginning to grow, growth now begins to introduce you. Uh, you see, this God is actually a person. Mm. Amen. Amen. When you get born again, the first person they make you know about is the Holy Spirit. Mm. You don't even know about God yet, and even His Son. But the Holy Spirit here, you don't see, and that Holy Spirit is a very diverse person. He has His own things. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 So, so now you see this thing called living in the Spirit. That's what I'm trying to describe. That if a person can be alienated from the life of God. I said that that life is not just existing, breathing. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the, his own living, his way of living. What Paul was talking about, walking. Do not walk as other Gentiles walk. That he is living and doing things, but that thing is, is an alien from God's own way of doing things. Do, do you see that? So he's living a life, but that life is alienated. So to God, that man is dead, even though he's a Christian who's born again. Because what he's doing is completely what is the meaning of alien? In this world we don't see you. You don't register in this place. We're not saying you don't exist. You exist where you are but in this realm you don't register here. You are an alien to this place. Praise God. So being born again doesn't heal or, or answer the solve the problem of men being aliens from God. Anybody who says, I'm born again, so I'm not an alien anymore, is a liar. He's, he's just, you are not being sincere. You are not being what? You are not being sincere. And that's not, it's not even a deep theological, philosophical thing. It's just, it's very simple to know that. Praise God, that as we are right now, there is still a great gap in terms of the kind of life God lives and our own kind of life. Amen. Amen. So those aliens, the aliens from the life of God because of what? The ignorance that is in them and because of the blindness of their heart. 
So the ignorance that is in them, blindness of their heart, the perimeters of where do you find the boundaries of ignorance is in the spirit. Yes. And the boundaries and perimeters of ignorance and then what? Blindness of the heart. If you check it, it's, a def it's defined in the spirit. The, the devil has defined it and make sure that all men stay there. Do you get what I mean? That all men stay there. And how does he keep men there? It's very simple. Stop entrance of any kind of thought, awareness, revelation that is about the life of God. And if you can do that to a man, the man can do anything he likes. He is an alien from the life of God. Praise the Lord. So you see the meaning of what I, I believe is this living in the spirit. So if we, we are living in the spirit, it means that you've begun. Someone who is living in the spirit is somebody who has now started to take step outside of the boundaries, the perimeters of death or what he called the grave. <laughs> Amen. And how you, do you take steps out of that? It's by what? It's by revelation. It's faith activity. It's called walking. So it's called walking, but walk of faith. So what I want us to see that in the, in the New Testament, there are, walk, there's, there are different levels of walk. There's walking by faith. There's walking in love. There's walking by faith. And then there is what? There's walking in love. The purpose of, to, of train, faith walk is to train souls to walk in love. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Are, are you getting me? Are you getting me? Praise the Lord. So what he's saying here is, now, this, so this leave in the spirit, before, in verse 25, before they lived in the spirit, they must have walked before they lived. Any soul that doesn't walk will not live. Because the soul, the just shall live by faith. The way the soul has life is by faith walk. Praise God. And no soul walks by faith without a revelation. That's that Romans chapter 1, right? You, you walk by faith, praise God. And then as you are walking, you now begin to live. They now begin to find you in the spirit. That, ah, this person is doing our things. You register in the map of the spirit. And if any revelation that lands on you, you handle the revelation. You walk with that revelation. Praise the Lord. You are actually affecting the landscape of the spirit. Anything below that does not affect the landscape of the spirit. For benefit of all of us, I want to, I'm going to say some things more that we already know, but I'm just going to say them anyway again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, what, what registers a soul in the spirit is when you do spiritual things. Praise God. When you do spiritual things. If you are here, you are doing natural things. The things that men do on the earth. What you are doing is not affecting the landscape in the spirit. 
Praise the Lord. You're not doing what? You're not affecting what? The landscape in the spirit. You, are not, you can't shift things. Praise God. You're not making an impression. Amen. That means I don't know what kind of example will, will be good for us. Maybe those of us who are familiar with finance, right? You know, how many of us know what the stock market is? No? You don't know what the stock market is? You have an idea? <laughs> okay, an, an idea is good enough. An idea is good enough. You know how the stock, stock market works by demand and supply, right? So nobody goes there and says, okay, this stock now is worth this. And that's not how it works. It's what increases the value of a stock is that people want it. The demand of it, it goes up. If people stop, start selling it, its value goes down. When people put in orders to buy it, it are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, so, let's, so let's assume that stock market is the spirit. <laughs> what we call the realm of the spirit. What is, what is stock market is where people who are interested in marketing, exchanging, they come together and say, this is the platform where we do it. Are you, are you get what I'm saying? So, and, and then, are you get what I'm saying? So, that is called the stock market, right? Now, to participate in the stock market, what do you have to do? You have to, you must buy. You must buy. It's buying and selling. Buying and selling. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, one individual buying something and selling something affects the market. What you just did registers in the market. (laughs) You get that. Now, let's say if if you go inside your house now, and then you just start, you don't buy and sell in the market, or you just come and you create your own stock market at home, and you say, this one now is worth this, this one is worth that. And then, and, and those who, who trade, they start with trading with simulation platform where you're not actually buying things. Am I correct? Yeah. You're just doing like a local software. You're not affecting the market. You buy, you sell, and all that. You can lose all your money. Yeah. Praise God. Tomorrow you make new one, fresh. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not real money. So you can buy and sell, and that's good. But all those your activity, you can be busy, spend te- one week, plenty trades. But the market, your activity is not tampering with the actual market. In order for you to tamper with the market, you need to get download information first and then use the information to create, are you get what I'm saying? A, an order, amen, to create a transaction. Are, are you getting me? So there, there are realms of transactions. There's a transaction in the natural that is purely natural. Praise the Lord. And then there is a realm of the spirit, which is also a world of transactions. So, the way you make purchase or buy and sell in the realm of the spirit, like I said before, is through what? It's through activity of, if you're remembering, um, um, when is this message now? The currency, your money in the spirit there are two different kinds of things. There's faith and there's what you call, what you call the other one. Fear. When you, are, when you are using fear, you are also purchasing in the realm of the spirit. Amen. Does that make sense? Are you getting me? <laughs> you are making transactions with your soul. With your soul in the spirit. 
So, so maybe maybe I shouldn't have used the word to say that if you are not using faith, you are not making impact. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying, you are not making the right kind mm -hmm. of impact mm -hmm. in the spirit. Mm -hmm. You're not making what? The right kind of impact in the spirit. You're not making the right kind of impact in the spirit. So the kind of impact that God wants is the impact that has to do with a soul receiving his life. A soul doing what? Receiving his life. A soul receiving his life means walking as he walks, living as he lives. And no soul can do that without revelation. Amen. So it's very clear that these guys who live in the spirit... They already had revelation. They must have had revelations, praise God. And they must have handled that revelation, responded to revelation. That activity makes them to live in the spirit. Right. Praise God. Now, so if they are alive in the spirit, the purpose of living in the spirit is so that you can begin to walk in the spirit. To begin to do what? To walk in the spirit. The walk of the, in the spirit is the, has to do with love. It's, it's a walk of love. Praise God. It's a, it's a what? It's a walk of love. And that meaning for walk of love is the walk of love is, is the walk um, is a walk with a great measure of inheritance. Is a measure of what? It's a walk with a great measure of inheritance. You walk by faith until you begin to gain inheritance in the spirit. Praise God. You walk by faith until you begin to do what? To gain inheritance. In the spirit, not everybody who is walking by faith has begun to gain inheritance in the realm of the spirit. Someone can come out of the grave, walk in the land of the living a little bit, then he goes back to the grave. You can't, you can't stay there. You don't have an inheritance there. You don't have a place. You know what I mean? But you can do it. You can do some things. When Revelation... Every revelation of faith is traveling down from love world. Right? What is love world? Love world is God world. According to 1 John chapter 4, where we're reading. Right? It's that he that loveth. Right? God said, for God is love. Praise, praise the Lord. So, that, so that from that God world, that's where they bring, they bring what you call revelation. And we've seen that that revelation, every revelation that descends from the realm of love is what you call a commandment. Praise the Lord. We say, and we saw what, what does the commandment do? The commandment is to access beings who are in the grave. You cause them to hear the voice of the Son of God so that they can live. Are you seeing that? So that they can do what? They can live. So for these guys to live in the spirit, they must have had what? Access. Am I correct? That's John chapter 5. Was that John chapter 5 I just mentioned? Praise God. So the time is coming. And uh, now is that was the same place where he said, "As the Father had life in Himself, so has He given the Son to have life in Himself." So the same way He has given the Son.
to have life. Amen. And then that son cannot now relay the life. He gives the life in form of revelation, which is commandment. Commandment can come to... So commandment comes to men who are, who are in the grave to make them able to be aware what the living is doing. What, those who are alive, who are the living people, living people are those who, are, who have already began to gain inheritance. Amen. When you say living, those who have, who are, who, those who live in the land of the living. Amen. That's this live in the spirit. Those who live in the land of the living. What they do. You can bring that to a dead It must come to a dead man. If you, a dead man, you can never know what the living is doing. There's such a great gap between the grave and where the living are. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you get that? There's such a great gap between where the grave and where you don't even know where the how far it is. This symbolic grave we have where you go and they bury somebody there. By the time you go there and stand for a bit, that's how you know that as I'm standing here, I'm not even really in the grave. And that where these things are, they are far. Shout all you want, they can't hear you. You can do everything. Go to the grave. Let's take all the loudspeakers in Ottawa. Go to that graveyard. Let's blast it. Most enticing song. You can't entice the dead out. They, can't, they are too far away. Are, are you getting me? That's the meaning of death. Death is a very powerful thing. So when you say, so you see Gentile life, alienated from the life of God, is a great problem. You need a Messiah to solve it. The Messiah is a man who is anointed. Yes. Who has so much anointing that, is, that can, his voice can travel the distance? Are you seeing that? Yes. That is who the Messiah The Messiah is the bridger, the person who can. The, men are living here. God and his life is going this way. God said, My way is not your way, my thought not as. And look, as heaven is far, that's how far it is. We can never meet, we can never collide, we can't coincide. But what I can do is I can raise somebody whose voice can travel the distance. That when he speaks from the land of the living, the dead in the grave can hear. I do you know that. <laughs> That's what makes Jesus powerful. That's he had he had a power that no man ever had. Bring all the other speakers. Bring Mohammed. Bring Buddha. Bring all of them. Let them talk. Let them. Let them go, even come together and form a conference and then decide and then begin to speak to souls. They, you, they will speak and speak. They can never tamper with a dead soul. The, where the, the dead, a soul that is dead on the inside. You know what I mean? You can advise, okay, modify the behavior of a man outwardly, but to speak to the death in a man, you can't do that. There's an anointing, it's a special anointing. It's called the Messiah. Praise the Lord. He is the anointed one. Jesus is the, the anointed one is the man who is anointed to speak to the dead. And they answer. Amen. I, I don't mean speak to dead bodies. There are prophets have been alive who have woken people from the dead before. And that's possible. That's okay. That's, I'm not talking of that. That one is an easy dead to wake up. <laughs> I'm going to let you know that. That's an easy dead to wake up somebody's body. Someone who died physically, that's not too hard to do. Men have done that before Jesus came. Many guys did that. Elisha did it, right? In fact, his own bones by the anointing. Praise the Lord. So, so such things can happen. 
praise the Lord. But when a soul is death in a soul, to to take a soul that has had some kind of death and bring it back to life, there's only one power that can do that thing. That's the who Jesus is. The, we call him the Son of God. And, and that son of God, he has a voice. He's an anointed man that has a voice that can speak. So the voice of the son is revelation of faith. It's the revelation of faith. Anytime faith is being revealed, the revelation of faith is not describing things. The revelation of faith is... <laughs> when a revelation of faith lands in your heart, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know many, all of you, almost all of you here, you've experienced the landing of revelation of faith before. You know, the, you know what I'm talking about. When it hits, it hits that, that death on the inside. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. It's a, it's a, it's a potential. Revelation of faith is so powerful. The man that has decided, no, this death, we are dying here today. I don't care. Amen. When that anointing. What is it's the revelation of, of what is right? There's something about there's something about that happens to his soul when his soul sees what is right by revelation. It's powerful. It's too powerful. The, the soul when when the soul sees it, the soul stops. It's no negotiation time. Before the soul knows, he's already alive. It means that he has already gotten capacity to obey such a revelation. Praise God. That thing, what I'm describing, that is where the power of preaching. That power of preaching, that is the greatest power. Amen. Because that's where they locked up. Um, you can do other things. You can, you can get someone healed by laying on of hands and the anointing will go. Not, not this anointing. Just the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you believe that. You know that there's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's not the same thing as what we call the word, the anointing of the anointed one. The word Messiah means the anointed one. Oh man, Moses was anointed, Elijah was anointed, Elisha was anointed, Isaiah was anointed, all of them were all anointed. But there's one person that they were prophesying about. This one is the anointed one. He's called the Messiah. So his anointing is a different kind of anointing. Praise the Lord. So there are many things that the anointing of the Holy Spirit can do. It can solve many problems. It can do all kinds of things. Praise the Lord. But it has its own limitation. That when it's time to now bring a dead soul to life, Holy Spirit will say, wait, I'm coming. There is a particular anointing that does this particular kind of job. <laughs> Amen. So the, the Spirit of God has to engage the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Say the spirit. the spirit. The spirit of Christ means the spirit of the anointed one. That, that spirit of Christ is the customized spirit in the, realm of, in the realm of God that God designed it, that this is the spirit we put the capacity to make dead things live, to make dead souls live. That's the anointing of Christ, is to make dead souls do what? To live. They call it the law of the spirit of life in Christ. It's the spirit of life. The spirit, the spirit of Christ is the spirit of life. Say the spirit of life. The spirit of life. Praise the Lord. The spirit of what? The spirit of life. 
Amen. Amen. So nobody will ever come into the life of God without having dealings with the spirit of life. The spirit of life is God's messenger to the grave. And that, that messenger is actually distributed. There's a particular way that they say this is the only way we can give it. Only one way. You can't lay hands to give it. And you can't pray someone into it alone. You can pray for many things. You can pray that let this person's heart be ready to receive this, uh, this operation of the Spirit. You can pray a lot of things. You can pray if this person is maybe the circumstances around their life doesn't permit them to respond or to hear this particular um, ministration when it comes. Lord, deal with those circumstances. Prepare them. They are, you know what I'm saying? Give you wisdom of direction on what, how to approach. All kinds of things. Prayer can do all kinds of things. But in terms of the actual operation of making a soul that has, that has experienced death at a level. Praise the Lord. To come back. That operation, you can't give it through any other means. There's only one activity they, that they say this is the way to release that anointing. It's called preaching. Do you get what I'm saying? It's called what? It's called preaching. That what the thing preaching is more than a man physically talking. It's more than that. It's more than just talking, talking, talking. Praise God. If if a man is talking physically, he's preaching, but the person who's actually preaching is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the only preacher of God. He's the only preacher. He's the only one who can preach. Are you getting me? A man can preach. I can preach into your ear. Your ear will hear it. By the time your brain receives it, your brain will say, oh, we've gotten everything here. There's nothing else here. You say, okay, you've heard something. So your brain has just received instruction. Praise God. But that does not, that cannot quicken the deadness. I've described the deadness a little bit. You know what I mean by deadness, right? You know what I mean by that? Deadness means a man's resolution of what life is. What that, that doesn't include information of God's own resolution of life. Like what God, that thing that seemed right unto a man, that it, that man wants to do. Praise the Lord. Are you getting me? Yes, and a lot of times, those things to men are very legitimate. Yes, so I'm not talking of a murderer now, that because he murdered somebody now, my soul has died at a level. I'm, no, I'm talking about just the things we call legitimate life. Just living. Just living, just doing your things, just being a normal person. But the power, the fuel behind your living is not revelation of the standard of God. Are you getting me? Such a living is what you call death. That's the kind of death that Paul was dealing with in this place. That's what he called alienation from the life of God. Are you seeing that? So to tamper with a man's cause... I do get that is you have to know what you're trying to tamper with. You are trying to change something that seems right to a man. I'm not talking about the things that the man, ah, this thing is a bad thing. I'm just trying to, I will stop it one day. I know this one is bad. I know that to lie about my, my brother is a bad thing. But I just have to get out of that situation somehow. So I told a lie. I know it's bad. I won't tell a lie anymore. That's not what I'm talking about. Right? 
I'm talking about the thing that seems right to him. That, that when he does it, he's happy. Oh, I've, God must be so happy with me right now because I've gotten this thing down. Now, now you need to know who the devil is to know why. You have to know the devil, the devil was a spirit. The devil will not hide his things in the place where man can easily say, Oh, that's wrong. Hey, that's right. I know. You know what I mean? If that is how it's easy like that, then Satan is a very weak fellow. In fact, Eve would not have even accepted what he said to her. When, after he finished speaking to Eve, all he did to Eve is to... His conversation wasn't imposing. No. His conversation is this. He cited Eve's standard of righteousness. This is where his standard of righteousness is. His own is higher. Because he was an angel. So he could see his righteousness. And he can calculate that there is a way Eve will look at this matter. And there is a way she will judge. Based on her righteousness. So all he came to do was just activate the conversation in Eve. He didn't pluck the, pluck the fruit and say, Eve, come here, come and eat by force. No, no. He just spoke to her. Then after speaking to her, she then looked at it. I mean, she, must, she took what he said, then said, okay, I've heard you, I've heard you. Stop talking. <laughs> then went and now said, by herself. What does that mean? It means the, she awoke in her own righteousness, her own sense. And then looked at it and saw it is good for food. It's pleasant. Are you getting me? That's something that seemed right unto a man. That's what. That's the, are, you seeing it? are you seeing that? So that, that tree means there's a way that he designed the tree that bring the most righteous man. It, it will seem right to him. Do you see that thing? That tree of. It's not. It, it, it didn't say it's the knowledge of. Of bad, bad, evil, yeah. satanic, devilish things. No. It's just called the tree of good and evil. Good and evil means it's a tree that... Because he knows man is a creature of good and evil too. Check every man on the earth. All this constantly is doing is evaluating good and evil. Good and evil. Should I do this? Is that good? Is that good? Is that right? That's how men are living. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so he knows that that's, man is such a creature. So let us, let, let's bring him, give him a fruit that by the time he employs his own judgment to eat, it will seem right unto him. That is where the real power of death happens. That's where it's really Satan really hid his strength. So the, the men who are dying the most, what they are doing seem right to them. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? You get that? That's why you see somebody like those prophets of the Old Testament, deadly men in terms of their power, operation with God, but they still need a savior. Anointed. They can hear God speaking. One of them, he said that he sees the vision of the Almighty. He sees vision, open eyes. Balaam. Are you getting me? But someone could still speak to Balaam and make him do evil. Do you understand that? Praise God. 
So you now realize that the dead don't really know they are dead. <laughs> so they're just living. They're just, this is just, is all, all the dead, we are, you are the ones who are, someone who is alive is the one that knows that this one is dead. But the person who is dead, he is just doing living life as best known to him. That's just, that's just it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So that's why you see the Bible will now begin to counsel in such a way. You said that, look, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. You know, your ways. Those, those were the words of David. Am I correct? Is it? Yeah, trust in him with all your heart. That trusting with all your heart, it means that, and that's the beginning of what makes you a candidate of this, of the ministry of the Messiah, of, is that they, they call that thing meekness. Jesus himself said it when he was beginning begin his ministry, went into, into the temple and he read the book where it was written concerning yeah. him. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. And we know that spirit of the Lord is not the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. It's not the Holy Ghost. It is, it is Holy Ghost that is administering a particular anointing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's, that word is the Holy Ghost who, who administers the anointing of ownership in God. Anointing of ownership means, that's mean of lordship. Lord means owner, right? It means that if God wants to own a thing, there's a spirit he releases that says, go and turn this thing into something I can own, something that can be mine. It's the spirit of lordship. Praise the Lord. And so the, the spirit of lordship is also the, is the, is the initial primary spirit of transformation. That God employs. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter, chapter, praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is that spirit. First Corinthians chapter, Corinthians chapter what? Chapter three. Praise God. The end of that place. Amen. He said, the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So, what is that liberty? It's, the, it's setting men free. Free from what? Free from that perimeter. That, that confine of death. The perimeter of things that seem right to them. What keeps a man in bondage are the things that seem right to him. That's real bondage. Real bondage is not, they came and they chained you. And <laughs> you cannot go anywhere. Can I live here? You, you are crying. Leave me. I'm leaving. Why, you, why do you chain me down? It means that the only thing that's binding you is that chain. If you break the chain, praise God, the person will not be there. He will go away. All you need is just something that can break that chain. It's an outward thing. Amen. But real, and this is how Satan keeps in bondage. The way he gives in bondage is that. Nobody is chaining you. Where is Satan now? <laughs> Praise God. You can't see him. <laughs> you can't see him. No matter how much you look for him, you cannot see him. There are some guys who say, we are worshippers of Satan. There's one neighborhood called Church of Satan. They are looking for Satan so badly. But when you see that, you know that this guy, they can't see him. He's not willing to be exposed. You, you are the one that thinks that Satan wants to come and, hey, come. Ah. So the day you say, ah, Satan, I like you, where are you? 
You will be happy. I say, come and see me. Wow, I'm looking for people to see me, but men don't like me. It's not like that. Satan is not like that. When you say, I want to see you, he doesn't want you to see him. The moment you see him, you've broken his power. He's a spirit. <laughs> Are you getting me? The moment you see him, he can no longer keep you in bondage. Because that's the way of his bondage. His power is called the power of darkness. So the way he, he kills is that he will tamper with your own understanding and everything such that that place he wants you to be that you would like to stay there. When you come, they say, well, what a wonderful place. You sit down there, hey, go and bring all my load. Go and bring all my property. I'm going to live in this place from now. Are you getting what I'm saying? No chain, nothing. Just naturally seem it right to you. You just stay there. Then, are you seeing? Are you seeing? And you don't even know he's involved. You've never seen him before. Are you getting me? Well, you are just there by yourself. That's, that's real bondage. You get? So, to deliver a man from such a bondage, it's not an easy task. You must find a way, something that's powerful enough to access the inward sense of judgment that Satan tampered with in a man to deal with that thing. And that operation is what the, law, is what the spirit of the Lord does. So the Lord is that spirit. Now where that spirit is, there is liberty. Then now we got to explain how does he bring about the liberty? We with unveiled face, beholding us in the glass, the glory of the Lord. That glory is the same spirit. That word glory of the Lord is the same thing as the spirit of the Lord. Praise God. Glory is the manifestation of his spirit. Praise God. So that glory, as you are beholding it, then you are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Do you see that? So it takes beholding. So you, nobody can have liberty without beholding. As you behold us in the glass, the, the glory. That glory is what the Spirit is manifesting. Yes, it's the revelation. Yes, Does that make sense? Yes, Amen. 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 So it's the Spirit. Now, I think it's that same place where he was, he was trying to tell you that the Spirit... Amen. Amen. That's not good because time has gone. Amen. We should be, we should be finishing very soon. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it says here that if we what, live in the Spirit, let us do what? Let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. 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 So you should be able to see how men can live in the Spirit. Right? They must have received help from the Spirit of the Lord or what? The spirit of Christ, which is the spirit that governs life in Christ. Amen. Amen. That's what makes men walk out. Now, when a person now hears revelation from that spirit, anointing, by the preacher of the spirit. Like I said, that preacher is the Holy Ghost. Alright? It's the Holy Ghost who preaches. Amen. In a meeting, Holy Ghost can be preaching. If someone is just preaching with words and Holy Ghost is not talking, you can't cause the death to rise. Amen. So, Holy Spirit uses ways of preaching. He can use a minister to preach. Then after a while, when his voice has been activated in his soul, by just reading the Bible, he can also find a way to be preaching to his soul. Right? The Holy Spirit, as you are reading the Bible, he can, now, he can be preaching to the soul. But not everyone who is reading the Bible 
and who is being ministered to by the Holy Spirit is receiving the ministration of the Spirit of Christ. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? How many people believe that a, a Christian who is walking as other Gentiles walk, Holy Spirit can still talk to him? Holy Spirit, you will surprise all the kind of thing that Holy Ghost can tell the person. Somebody who is walking contrary, walking like Gentiles now, you can say, oh, Holy Ghost, we just go into his store. Kai, this shoe, which shoe should I buy? Which one should I buy? You look at this one, look at the other one. And Holy Ghost can minister to you. Yeah. That, one will be, that one is more durable. Mm. Buy that one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. And maybe the intention of buying that shoe is even secretly you want to go and show off somewhere. So you're laughing. Are you getting me? <laughs> you have your own plans that. <laughs> Amen. Holy Ghost will tell you, okay, that one is more durable. That one is, that's the right thing to do. And the person is walking like Gentiles walk. He's alienated from the life of God. But he's a Christian. He's born again. He, has, he can even feel the, the Spirit. He can even have gifts of the Spirit. So it means someone who has gifts of the Spirit, of course you are hearing Holy Ghost. Most of those gifts involve the hearing of the Holy Spirit. There. Do you get me? So it's just that the Holy Spirit, based on the level of administration that, or that the soul has become willing to participate in, when they will, it's not every soul who is willing to come out of the grave. You need to understand grave life. Grave life is sweet. In the grave, things are happening there. Praise God. You know the idea of grave we have, a graveyard. That's part of Satan's deception. He wants you to think that graveyard is not nah, grave. When you go to the grave, I'm sure that's where you hear the party sometimes that's going, the music that's blasting, everything. People are drunk. Everybody in the grave is drunk. Imagine a world where everybody is drunk. Is this, <laughs> do you understand what I mean? It's the wine of the world, right? The wine which Babylon has served. Everybody in the grave. They are drunk. Things are happening. Things are going on there. So, so it's not everybody who is willing to come out of that life. Praise God. They're just carrying on natural life, just doing their own things, doing their, their, their stuff. Praise God. Oh, right now I'm just, I mean, I'm doing my first degree after my first degree. I'm going to do my second degree after that. I'm doing a PhD. After my PhD, I will then I'll be a postdoctorate fellow. And then after that, I'll be, I'll be a professor and all that. In the meantime, I will just take some time there, have a, uh, have a, get married, have a, have a child or two. <laughs> have, have a child or two. Maybe, maybe three. I've not decided yet. I will know. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, what is that conversation? That's, what is that thing I just described? See life. That's what life is. Now, are those things bad? <laughs> they are not bad in themselves. They are not bad in themselves. But if those things constitute a man's life, that's the problem. And now, you see those things that I, I mentioned? Very responsible yes. fellow. Yes. Yes. Ah, ah. Yes, no. Many of us are not even responsible like that. You are planning 
after your bastards, everything. Praise God. Amen. Some of some of us, some of us, just just final exam, we can't even plan to read to study. <laughs> when is when is one day to final exam? When they, when they, when they check your state, you you like you're like someone that's been in coma since the beginning of. Maybe you've been in coma. They just woke you up now. <laughs> you know what I mean? In terms of how, how clueless you are about the course. So somebody who plans that way. Amen. Someone who can plan life like that. Ah, that is the celebration of natural men. Say, Kai, that guy is so, so serious. Oh my God. Wow. Focus and everything. Ah, ah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Imagine a parent see someone's child like that. And then your own child at home is uh, telling you. Do you see that? I'm just doing this description to, to show you because we know what I'm talking about. Just that when I use it, I'm death, death. Yeah, what is this death thing? I want to explain to you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what we have all been plagued with. I, I, do you understand me? Now, I want to show you now. I want to show you that that death is a monster. Do you know that? Imagine a parent now who sees a child who lives like that. And then their child is not too serious. They even, they even maybe just read. Okay, read two hours a week. It's too much. Now, do, do you know the kind of Sorrow that will fill the parents' heart. Why? Because that is as if your child, you're, you, you're not, their, their life is in danger. Are you getting it? Because in this world, that's what we call life. Okay. Now, you see that child that, that the parent is sorrowful for? It's possible that that child, amen. If you ask the child, how many books are in the Bible? He might tell you 15. You know what I mean by that? That, that he is not serious when it comes to school and all that. But when it comes to the things of God, he is completely absent. It's always worse than coma. I don't know if there's anything worse than You know what I mean? But you know that for most Christians, for most Christians, the concern about their education, their career, and all that, is more of an... Ex- you f- the parent feels it like an existential threat to the child. But when it comes to, ah, we should read your Bible now. Oh, well, just well, ah, be a good Christian. It will help you in life. Yeah. Yeah. Are you get? No, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. It means that 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 parent's interpretation of life really is that child's cause in this world. It has nothing to do with the child's how the child's soul. Amen. Amen. The devil has done that. The devil has done that. Praise God. So, so what I'm saying is that you see the Holy Spirit at a level anywhere, like such a parent now, if that child that has such a hope for their child, naturally, let's say that child now begins to now pick pace more spiritually. 
and it's still a bit slow in terms of the things of the natural, but it begins to pick pace more spiritually because maybe God has mercy on the child and God begins to revive the child of the child and begins to know God. For most parents, they say, well, it's nice that you're getting more serious with God, but... Praise God. After a while, the child starts going to maybe fellowship too much, reading Bible too much. You see, every time, Bible, Bible, Bible. What about... It starts getting the parents angry. Do you understand that? Because... But the parents, really, really, even though they might be even pastors, deacons, and all that, but really, 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 they are really in concept of life. Is that natural life? It's not the life of God in a child. Are you seeing that? So, the, so that thing is an understanding. It's a darkened understanding. That thing is what I'm talking about when I'm calling death. Death, death. It is just being preoccupied with what you, what seems right to you. So David now said that trust in God with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. You can't trust your own understanding. In all your way, acknowledge Him, and then He will, He will begin to direct your path. It means He will show you how to walk. He will teach you the way to walk. Praise God. So Holy Spirit, he looks at men and says, okay, what level of dealing is this person, is this person, is this person willing to participate in? If you are still at a point where you're not interested in anything about the living, you are still consumed and you're still drunk with your natural, you say, okay, no problem. At this level, we'll talk to you. Is it, you want to be a master's? Do you want to have a master's degree? Oh, Allah. We can make you have master's degree. You are studying, oh, Holy Spirit, what are they going to bring out in that test? He can reveal it to you. You can pray for all kinds of things. Holy Ghost is there. He's at work. Do you know what I mean? And that dealing is what most, almost every Christian on the earth is enjoying that. When you pray, the Lord answers. You seek the Lord concerning the matter. The Holy Spirit, praise God. Will the Holy Spirit deals with you according to your heart? Your when you come to God is where your heart is. That's the dimension. Yeah. So so that one called the Spirit of Christ. That Spirit only ministers to people who are now ready to come out of the grave. Meaning what? They are now ready to live an invisible life, the life of God. To live the life that God is living. Praise God. As opposed to the life that what? Seemed right unto them. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. So when that is happening, such a person, when they are reading the Bible, reading the scriptures, if they've been initiated into the world of Christ, the Holy Spirit now can begin to employ the spirit of the Lord or the anointing of the Lord. Praise God. And use that to begin to preach to the soul. Begin to preach. So there are some things the Holy Ghost can tell you. And register by the Spirit of Christ as a commandment to the soul. Of a person who is on the path of living. That he won't do to a person who is not interested in such a conversation. Does that make sense? Like, like revealing the nature of God. The nature of God, how God is, 
you know those things when you are the real nature of God to you, such a conversation can never be about your natural things. You're talking about you have to go deep mm -hmm. into the word, and most times they have to use the scriptures to begin to explain things about God, about God's love life, mm -hmm. God's fit life. Are, are you getting me? And they show it in Christ, how it is sitting in Christ by revelation. That's the that's the mouth that Paul had through the the epistles. He was able to describe that thing, the the life in the spirit that men ought to live. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? So, so such a conversation, amen, um, is something that is activated later to a person. And that's that what you call the word of righteousness. is the revelation of the righteousness of God in Christ to his soul. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. So when you're walking, the person begins to hear that, that conversation, right? They begin to receive the, the voice of the Son of God in the grave. What they now begin to learn is they are beginning to gain insight into how the living walk. Right? They begin to gain insight out how the living. One of the training of living is first suffering. They make a soul. That's the part of Christ. That's the way that part is. <laughs> that part has its own way. It has its own it's the way it's, it feels. Its own aroma. Praise God. It, so there's a way below that path, it has its own kind of aroma too. In other words, when a man is living for himself, it's about comfort, primarily. Right? It's about comfort, primarily. Somebody who hasn't begun to learn the word of Christ, their life is really about comfort. Their spirituality is about how to make them more comfortable on the earth. In other words, God is not a destination. God is not an end. God is a means to an end. My child, be praying, you know, so that oh. do you know what I mean? Yes, sir. You have to keep be, make sure you keep going to church, oh, so that are you getting me? What the so that can be many things. So that in your academics, the Lord will help you. If you work for God, God will work for you. Come on. <laughs> amen. If you if you amen. Even when it comes to serving, if you devote time to God and serve in the church, God will devote his time to you. Hey. <laughs> I, I using that, seeing that. So, is, is, so God is a, is a tool. The way you take a hammer say, and hammer something, God, when you get to a, a, a resistance, you say, God, bring the hammer of the Holy Ghost to hammer it down. Then what do you do with hammer? After hammering it, you've hammered the nail. Do you take the hammer and say, oh, what a lovely hammer. I've been looking for you all this while. And let us fellowship together. No. After you, the nail has gone, and you throw the hammer aside and continue what you're doing. Praise God. That's how we treat God. That's how we treat God. When you are sick, it's God who will answer it. There's no money, God will answer it. You need protection, all kinds of things. God will answer those things. Are you getting me? But it's, about, but it's really about those things. You are just using God to get them. Are you seeing that? Uh -huh. so, that? So you see, in all your dealings with God, your prayer, your fasting, and God answering your prayer, there's can plenty of, there can be plenty of prayer and answering of prayers and testimony. He has done for me. He has done plenty of that. And then you can even excel so well that you become an example to Christians. When Christians are praying and the answers are not coming, they come and meet you. How do you pray? Uh, wow, you're such a spiritual brother. 
when there's a situation <laughs> and they've prayed and prayed, nothing happens, Kai, they know who to call. You know, you know some 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 brethren, their tongues, there's the way their tongues are. Yes, now when there's no answer, just you just need that tongue. <laughs> when they pray, <laughs> praise God, they've gained skill in, in, in meeting needs. Skill. Skill in meeting needs. Getting answers, making things happen. Thank God for that. Praise God. Thank God for that. But <laughs> those things are. God is not evil. God is not the God is God did not create a man so that the man can live in a nice house and live in a car and all that. that those are corruptible things. When you, you, we are the ones thinking now, what I will eat, what I will eat. God is thinking eternity. Is it? God can see beyond after this whole world has gone. What is this? Are you getting me? That's who God is. So, so God is really concerned about when God wants a man to come to him, know him, fellowship with him, learn him. God knows what you need. You understand that? It's hard to conceptualize the gravity of the need for God's life in the present world. They have to do a lot to help his soul to take it as a real thing. So, But God knows that this whole world is nothing. All the things we pan for, they are all nothing. He knows. And God knows that by the time he rolls the world away, he knows the, he knows how we will feel. The wretchedness, the nakedness, the emptiness we are going to feel by the time the world. And, and God does not want any soul to experience that thing. So he's your father. He's seen ahead. He's saying, if you being evil can give good gifts, how much more how much more myself? Praise the Lord. Are, are you seeing that? Amen. So 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 a person who has now begun to receive conversation of revelation. Revelation. See revelation. Revelation. That revelation now begins to give you an information of what the living are doing. Am I correct? So you begin to walk out of the grave. You begin to, you can go out. So the house of the soul is still around the grave area. If you ask me what is really a house of a soul, the house is where the soul has gotten inheritance. All right. The way you. The way you de- determine where his soul has gotten inheritance is where he falls back to. Do you understand me? Like you can go home, you can go to farm, you can go to anywhere, go to work. Then there's a place you come back to. You fall back to. That place is your home. That's the point of your inheritance. Praise the Lord. But that person who has a home, he can go here, he can get a visa. He can travel to Germany, walk around the streets of Germany. He walked everywhere in Germany. Travel to the most difficult nations and walk there. But after a while, he still retreats back to his home. Do you see that? Are you seeing that? Praise the Lord. But what the purpose of training a soul to walk beyond the grave is to gradually shift their inheritance out of the grave. Move their home away from the grave. 
that when they are retreating, they no longer retreat back to those dead elements. Are you getting me? I'm painting some. That's the point of just today's message. I just want to show something. I want to show something between difference between the walk of faith and the and the love walk. They are both walks in the spirit, but walk love is is the love that someone does in the vicinity of their their place of inheritance. They, they, they are, when they are walking, you are walking by love. You are walking in land you've inherited. Yeah. Are you get me? You are not walking in a land that you want to inherit. Yes. Are, are you getting my point? Praise the Lord. Am I making sense? Yes, sir. That's why I said faith is the trainer. So there is no way, and the, the order is this in the spirit, that nobody can inherit a land in the, in the spirit without having first walked in the spirit. Mm. You get? Yes. You, are, you walk in the spirit. The way, the way they build a house in the spirit is with feet. Yes, sir. <laughs> right? Or another way to put it, the way the Bible put it, is the way you take inheritance. Take a land. Because house really means land. It's the land that is really the home. Am I making sense yes. to you? Praise the Lord. So what you want to take home, so like I said before, you can walk in other places. You can go to Germany, go to China, go to other places, go to even another man's house. You are walking there, but that place where your feet is touching is not really your own. You can't claim. So it's not a home for you. When it's time for you to retreat, you will also retreat back to the place that you have inherited. Do you understand me? But in the, in the, remember what the Lord said concerning Israel, he said, wherever the soles of your feet tread upon, I will give unto you. And that was the principle of how, because you know, nation, Israel was born without a land. Inside Egypt, they were in another man's land, a strange land. You can say in a sense they had a land there, but it wasn't really, really, in other words, the land did not align with, they didn't get the land by walking. So Egypt is a type of the world, which is what every, where every soul is born into. Are you born again? Yes. You were born into the world. You say, oh, what do you mean? Wasn't I born out of the world? Your spirit became Christ, but your soul was in the vicinity of the soul, was in still that place where all your life living in the world had created. That's your, your inheritance in the world. Praise God. That the same way Israel was birthed in Egypt. But they were in the land of Egypt. They had a place called Goshen. Like every Christian has his own Goshen. When you are born again, you have your, your Goshen is that place where the Holy Ghost fellowships with you. Like I was describing before. Buy that shoe. Don't buy the other shoe. Amen. Like the Lord was helping the Egyptians when they sow and they reap. Is bigger, is fatter, more prosperous than the Egyptians who are in the land of Egypt but are not Israelites in Goshen. So there's some kind of prosperity. Are you getting me? That Israel was enjoying, but that prosperity was a far cry from God's concept of prosperity for a nation he calls his own. In other words, God couldn't really own them. In order to own them and they become an autonomous nation for him, he must lead them. 
and he was he, he must lead them to a, a land which they will inherit with their feet by walking and they were walking from one nation to another from one people to another amen, amen. as they were doing that is through the walking that you take territories in the spirit until but there is a particular land as the destination they call it the promised land the promised land for every soul is god But there's plenty of walking and walking. Do you see how Israelites were moving? They moved from one point to one point. They settled there. That's an inheritance for now. Do you see that? One thing that God never permitted them to do is go back to Egypt. If you, if you think about it, it means you're just thinking about dying. You are just trying, you're, just, you're just thinking about how you're going to die. Praise God. Yeah. There's a time that... They, they say, oh, I don't know, I don't know cucumbers, I don't know garlic, I don't know graves in Egypt, Pray and all that. God says, okay, is this grave you're looking for? No, Wahala, we can make it happen right here. If that can be arranged for you. For many of them, the ground just open, no, Wahala, close you down. Because going back to Egypt is not part of the, what I say? It's not part of the, <laughs> the arrangement for Israel. The same way it is for anybody spiritually. Like if you journey to a point where you take inheritance, you, not that you just walk to, you actually took inheritance at a spot in the spirit. Then you want to go back. There's nothing like going back. You can't, what you, you came from has gone forever. So if a person journeys and they, they get to a certain point of walk, right? And they now begin to say, oh, no, 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 no. And they want to go back. Please. That person you were before, that you journeyed from, that you, doesn't exist anymore. He's gone. So if you want to go back, you are going back into destruction. You are going to become somebody else. Are you, are you getting that? So if you check Israel's journey, there is no provision of going backward. It's either you move forward or you die. You, are, you move forward or, or you perish. Are you seeing that? That concept of moving forward, that's what they call it. What Paul described why they died. He says there was an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That was withdrawing, going back. And God would not allow that. That's why they all, their carcasses fell in the wilderness, according to the, to, to the Bible. Praise the Lord. Do you see that? Now, going back is what John was speaking about because there are some guys who began to do it. Some of these guys who began to tempt the Galatian church are guys who had gone. They didn't really go back, but they died instead. Uh, many of them, many of them did that. Praise God. So anybody who's able to measure inheritance beyond the grave, the road back to the grave is no longer open to you. Amen. Because grave is death. If you go from death to life, you can't go back to death. You go back to what they call second death. Right? What is second death? Somebody who was dead before, then died again. For you to die again means at a point you left death. And then you died again. That's the meaning of second death. And there's only one place for such people. is the lake of fire. It's the lake of destruction. Praise the Lord. Do you understand that? Amen. 
Those are the people who the Bible says they transgress the doctrine of Christ in the book of Second um, John. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, so quickly, I'm just, the Lord help me to quickly just round up what I'm saying. Amen. So, so when you are walking out of the grave, by, when you are receiving revelation, right, of a different life, the life of God that is above the current life, above the ephemeral, above the physical things that you, you live, men live for in this world, and you begin to journey with that life, that light, you now begin to have life by faith. You begin to live by faith, praise God. So that, that light, revelation, measures a walk for you. So you can begin to walk beyond the grave. What that means is this. Somebody who is walking by faith, amen, amen. when you see their life, they, they are obeying what? They are obeying revelations, things of the living. Their conversation changes. Such a person, Holy Ghost can begin to talk to them about suffering, discomfort, trying of your faith. Praise God. Some things that are not palatable yes. to the carnal nature, right. like, they, like they, did, they did to the Israelites. They moved them into a land where nothing works. There is nothing. So maybe there is no rain. Maybe there is no water. It's just a dry, complete place. A place that is that animals can't even live there. Are you getting me? So, so it's to win them out of the natural life, natural sustenance of life. Praise God, and then teach them how to obey the things of the spirit. So in the Walk of faith, that is where someone learns not to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I've already explained loss of the flesh to us. We know what loss of, of the flesh means. It's more than all those fornication and all that. They are all, it's a lot, that loss means what a man wants to have. That is of his own will. It's better of his own will. Do you understand that? So, when they begin to... to to hear the revelation, the voice of revelation, when it's landing in the heart, is the voice that teaches a man that there's more to life than all these things. That what all men are going for. That life is more about my appreciation on the inside. My increase on the inside. And to get that increase on the inside, they must severe my attachment to my lusts and to my own will. They must break my own will and the things that I want to do. Amen? Amen. So it takes walking and walking and walking. There are many things involved in transitioning from faith walk into love walk. Praise God. There are many what? Things that involve transition from faith walk into love walk. Do we want to know them? Are we sure? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Transition from faith walk into love walk. Is a faith walker is living doing revelation. Okay. A love walker now is somebody when they now say, Okay, we want to move you into love walk, is those things you are doing by faith, we want to make them your own. They want to make them your own things. You know, a man can do things that are not his own. 
And every person who begins to do revelation starts with doing things that are not your own. Right? Because you now have to do things that don't naturally seem right to you. But they were were revealed to you as righteousness. Through what? The gospel of Christ. Because therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. It's a journey of faith to faith. You are having revelations of what? Of righteousness. Praise the Lord. Am I making sense? Okay. So that walk of faith, praise God, every instruction they give a person, hey, wait. That word waiting, patience, is a great part, important part in the cause of what? Of faith. Like it was for the Israelites. The time God was God wasn't rushing. Just don't worry, this will be the next thing, we're gonna get it. Year after year, he was taking them round and around and around and around and around and around. Are you seeing that? Round and round and around and round and round. Until it's for what? To fulfill they have to undo the they have to put off their former inheritance. They have, to, they have to remove the remembrance of your former inheritance. It's called the old man. Put him off. Amen. Amen. So someone whose nature is to, is to look for their own interest. In other words, when it's time to end anything, they just naturally think about themselves. Because they are programmed. That's the programming of the grave. It's like a dead man live. Myself, myself, myself. That's how you know he's dead. Myself. That's where they tie the man's death to. His own self. Because what is driving in my life? My lust. What I want. My things. My this. My that. That's a man's, that's a man's language. Uh-huh. Now, but part, one of the things that the part of faith will teach a man to do is that not your own, your own now. When he's, tr- he's thinking of his own, faith revelation can come. And it dawns upon the heart with capacity and grace to set his own thoughts. Think upon the things of another. It means you wish the other person better. The way you invest in your own life, your own things, you can invest that concerning another person and forget yourself. Are you getting me that? That is a, a, an example of a fate dealing. Now, when they are teaching you that thing, it's not, it's not, it's not your thing. Praise God. It's not your own kind of thing. It's a revelation that comes with an empowerment to do that. Nobody can do that naturally. You must be empowered to do it. And the empowerment to do that comes with the revelation. The way you are empowered to do it, it lands in your heart. You cite it. This is the right thing to do. Even though it's not what I naturally would want. It's not comfortable for me to do it. But it, it lands there and somehow you have the capacity to do it. Do you see that? Now, so it, it takes such dealings and dealings like that. You obey it. It comes again, you obey it. It comes again, you obey it. Amen. There are times when you are not exposed to that revelation and that connection of grace for that instruction. And then when you are faced with such a situation, you find that you will retreat back to your, your normal place of inheritance. 
which is most likely still in the grave. Are you getting me? Now, this thing applies to everything. All of us, we have our own faith work. We know how they are dealing it out to us. The revelations are coming for things pertaining to us. But if we check in those matters, you can always check. Every man knows where his house is. Praise God. If you tell me you don't know where, am I, you are a liar. You know where your house is. You know when, when something is you. This is, this is just... Or when... <sighs> you have to do this thing. Trust me. You have to obey the Spirit. Praise God. And then you have to. So you are not... It's not your home. You don't live there. Amen. It's a, it's a foreign place. You are just trying to take it step by step. Are you getting me? So, that thing is... You want to, what you are trying to do is you want to live in the spirit. Are you getting, are you getting it now? You want to live, living in the spirit, you want to gain inheritance in the spirit. To live in the spirit. How a soul knows that for a particular area they have, they've come into life, inheritance in a particular area, is when that thing. Now it becomes natural. After a while, you see that thing of giving, living for your brother, thinking about your, your brother, the first, putting them first, anything. After you do the fate of it for a long time, it will, you see that your home, your inheritance has been shifting. One day you find that you've shifted into the land of the living. Are you seeing that? You've, you've shifted into that place. Am I making sense to you? Yes, sir. Yes. Praise God. Amen. Now, the devil will never want you to believe that such a thing is possible. Yes. The devil wants to convince you that, you see this place where you are living right now? Yeah. You know how, <laughs> I've heard of story when you guys talk about the hood in maybe the U.S. and all that. We don't have that much of that in Canada. You see that thing they call the hood? You can see someone can rave about how they finally left the hood. Yeah. Yeah. You wonder what's wrong with you. <laughs> You know, just to one day carry your bag and, and, uh, and just go away. What, what do you mean? Why is it such a big deal that you left the hood? You don't know what they're talking about. You don't know what's in that. When you get to that place, it's, it's bad, it's dead, there's crime, there's all kinds of things there. But why can't you just leave? You know what I mean? What ties them there is more, is, you have no clue. Their life is there. To wake up and then begin to redefine another life outside of that place. It's not an easy task for a soul. So some who are able to do it, maybe they have to go somewhere else and then maintain and stay in that place. Create new relationships, create new friends, create new, a new life and be established somewhere else. That's a great deliverance for some. You get it? And one of the biggest problems with that hood, the powers of the hood, is there are guys there who their job is to make sure that if you, if you say, okay, you're going to stay with one of your auntie for just a short time, a few days, by the time they want, by day two, they'll call you, hey, how you doing? How's it going? If, if you're not careful, by the next day, 
you see one of them just say, I just said I was just around that they came to. What are they checking? They are making sure that. Are you getting me? <laughs> and that we must be in this life together. <laughs> so the, the devil does not want to see any soul escaping. Don't think about it. Don't think. Don't think about it. Don't, don't even think about so that you can just be living purely for your brother. What do you mean? No, who are you? Are you Jesus? You are just a man. Are you getting me? So that's why Paul has to teach this thing. That he has to teach. This is the teaching of the New Testament. This is the, is the impartation of something. There's, there's something that must become, be born inside a man. Amen. Amen. That makes the person that activates the capacity. Amen. Amen. Activates the capacity for <laughs> praise God. That activates the capacity for 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 settling praise the Lord. The capacity for settling in what I call the land of the living. Is a, is a it's a it's a place that if, if someone is walking by faith and they are not able to connect that, um, it's an anchor. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's what the Bible calls hope. Is are you seeing that? Is an is an hope is an anchor. So if so, someone who hasn't gotten an anchor is somebody who you walk by faith. Maybe if some revelation comes today, and you just do it, and then that's it. Tomorrow, it might come, you might not do it. Yeah. Next tomorrow, you, you are just doing half-hazardly. You are, you are around the waters of faith. Yeah. By grace, they've exposed it to revelation. But your handling of it is half-hazard. You're not doing it with the intention of inheritance. Are you getting one? You're, you're just doing it maybe to, just to maintain your activity around the waters of revelation. Because, you know, this is where the, when we need to be around this thing. But, but when they check, are you getting me? So, so inside a inside soul that has faith culture, you can have souls who have faith culture. They are exposed to it, the way of revelation. But you, someone can have faith culture without the hope. They don't have, the hope hasn't been born in the inside of them yet. When you tell someone who, are, who is dealing with faith, but the hope has not been born, how they do faith is different. From somebody who has done it to a point where they have they have a hope on the inside. The hope is important because the hope is what anchors. Hope is the promise of inheritance. Is that it's like you are walking by faith with an intention? That intention is has been zeroed. They've helped the soul to a point where. The soul is, is citing inheritance. Are you seeing that? Without hope, I believe hope is what, is what, um, amen. The, the Bible calls it, we have, this hope we have as an anchor to our soul, both short and steadfast, that accesses the presence, praise God, behind the veil. Amen. amen. So, um, the faith process has to introduce some ingredients. Ingredients 
until it furnishes the heart with enough hope. Then after the heart has hope, that's when the world of inheritance opens up to it. So open the book of Romans chapter 5, quickly as we close. Romans chapter 5. Just so Romans, Paul described the process where which the person becomes, comes into love and begins to stay in love. Romans chapter chapter 5, praise God, verse 1. It says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein what? We stand and then and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Are you seeing what he's saying here? By whom we have access by faith. So he's speaking at a particular point in the journey. In the journey, praise God. We know, of course, from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 13, right? That there abided three things. Faith, then hope, and then charity. Of course, no charity is the love of Christ. So charity, charity is the beginning of love realm. There are now beyond there are loves beyond charity. There are, there's charity, there are other loves above. But people who have entered charity, charity is the first realm of inheritance for a soul. So somebody who has accessed charity is not just a person who is who walks by faith anymore. That's where they've started really walking in love. Are you getting me? Yes. Now, when you started, began to walk in love, there's walk of love. It's long. <laughs> Amen? So, that's why they say, if you live, you've now lived in the Spirit. Now, walk in the Spirit. There's a love walk in the Spirit that the soul takes. That love is, a, is different. That's the, that's the kind of walk that, let's say somebody has had, is become a Christ at a measure. There's a, lo- a walk, the walk. The work of Christ, a Christ is a particular work. It's a, it's a work that has an intention in mind, which is to get God. To get God, to come to the very nature of God. Now, somebody who is not a Christ, like I'm talking now, it will be hard for many of us to conceptualize what I'm talking about. Inheriting God is hard because such a thing doesn't rest upon just a person. Who hasn't gained inheritance in the land of the, of the living? Do you understand me? Like if you bring a foreigner from one East African country to this Canada now, there are some things here that, if you talk about them, he can't really relate to it. He can sometimes that's so nice. So that we all here we are living for that thing, <laughs> but you mention it to him, he's like, what is that? He doesn't even know what it is. But if, if that person begins to come here and lives here for a while, then gain inheritance here. After a while, he joins the line and begins to seek what people who live here, what they seek. Do you understand that? You can't take a natural man, just a natural man, and then muster up appetite for God in him. It's not possible. The only man who can test for God is Christ. Do you see that? Praise the Lord. So, so here, he's talking about those who have been justified by faith. They've got into a point of peace with God. Praise God. And that point of peace with God is a place where they have, they've found grace. By faith, they have access into grace. Into a place wherein we stand. So, 
When you see the word wherein we stand, it means they've got into a, a kind of a standing position. Standing means a holding position. Do you understand that? Praise God. And then that and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Praise God. So the one of the meaning of hope to me, a way I can explain is that hope gives the soul a standing in the spirit. A standing. One of the meaning of standing means a a posture that is where you don't fall. You don't you are going to a posture where you are not easily you are not easily um susceptible to to retreat. To it's not easy to to take you backward. Right, you have continued to stand. What makes you stand is because you have an anchor in the spirit. Are you seeing that? So this place of standing is a point where you do faith to, to a point, to you gain a standing in the spirit. At that point is that point where it says they rejoice in the hope of the what, the glory of God. Okay, then now verse three says, and not only so, we glory in tribulation also. So that's one of the things they are doing there. Are you seeing that? And it's a constant. Anybody on the path of this walk of sanctification, you, that part is a part of glorying in where? Tribulation. Why is that? Because tribulation walketh patience. And then patience, experience. That word experience means character. I think the New King James calls it character. And then that experience, character, then the character will now give birth to something called hope. So, so the word tribulation, is it tribulation? tribulation. Then patience. patience. And then patience, character or experience. There are three things they mention there. Tribulation that walketh patience. Patience walketh what? Character. So those things are things they add to a soul. Do you see that? To make the soul gain a standing in faith walk. Are you seeing that? Yes, sir. What they are telling you is that the person who has begun to receive revelation and is doing revelation is no longer doing half haphazardly. There's a way you have to do revelation, right? To it will those revelations will trigger tribulations naturally. Amen. Then that tribulation, the purpose of tribulation is to teach the soul how to wait. Patience. I've, I've talked about patience a little before. That is more than just time and waiting. Patience has to do with it has to do with the the what? Okay. Patience is the is what Amen. Patience is a capacity inside the soul to stay in in an undesired position. You get that? To remain in an undesired position. The reason for that is it is in that patient. That's where they break the the allegiance to to your personal will. If you to break that, there's a way that when you give if you give somebody a, a tribulation that's quick, I just give you a quick tribulation. It's maybe tribulation started in the morning by <laughs> praise God before noon it has ended. <laughs> You can say, yeah, is it a tribulation? Yeah, it was a tribulation. But when you check the soul, it hasn't done anything to the soul. 
Because your will is resilient. Men are powerful. Men can postpone their gratification. No problem. But that will is still alive on the inside. Amen. That's why attending service cannot, cannot give a man inheritance. Just attending church services or meetings alone is not enough. If that's all you are doing, it's not enough to make you inherit the spirit or inherit God. Why? Because we have a profound capacity for postponing gratification with intention. You see it. When you go into the world, you see a lot, many unbelievers have that. They can, someone can be at one thing for decades just to achieve one thing on the earth. Discipline. <laughs> Do you see that? Yes, sir. Amen. So, but, but God knows, when he sees every soul, he knows how to, they are skilled with, with breaking the will of men. They can take a soul in and arrange that soul. One of the places where they molded that part was the man called Abraham. Say Abraham. Abraham. After man had fallen, they wanted to resurrect faith again on the earth. And it's not easy to do that. Because after Enoch's children and then all that, God has said he won't kill anybody again. God left men for a while. Praise God. And men are degenerated and they now found a man called Abraham. And I say from this point, we want to resurrect again the legacy and life of faith. Now, but this one will take decades and decades of a man's life. So, and it's the wisdom of the spirit. They know how to do it. So they, they balance timing and the pressure. One thing they cannot do is that they cannot put more on you than you can bear. Yeah? In other words, God cannot say that we're going to load all the tribulation in this world upon your soul right now. And by the end of the day, you will have become Christ. They can't do that. Because if they do that... By noon, you'd have denied God, denied the <laughs> Father. You said, you said that we are not. <laughs> Praise God. They will break you and they will. Amen. You can, your soul cannot take it. So there's a way they know how, how much tribulation, what they can put on you. And then when they put a level, they now know how much time to keep it. And what they want to do, they want to expire your own. That thing that you've. Decided I'm doing that way of life, that cause of life, those things that are that are sitting, even some agreement you've made unconsciously inside your heart that is just lit, waiting there to be fulfilled. Patience can excavate them, bring them out, and break their powers. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing what, what I was saying? That why you just attending meeting cannot? Why? Because you can't postpone. Yeah, but I'm, when you are in the meeting, you are even planning what you are doing afterwards. You know, amen. <laughs> so, so just going to meetings, attending services, and all that. Praise the, praise the Lord. That is not enough. What they need, to, they will do is that through the meeting, they will now be after a while. The spirit behind the message will begin to follow you home. And now begin to tamper with things in your life. Yes. Praise God. To a point where it's like, there's no way you can run to anymore. There's no way you can hide anymore. Praise God. You know, you know the, how you know a soul that they, begin, they began to handle? You begin to feel like a prisoner. Yes, sir. <laughs> some days, you can go some days, you're angry. You're just angry. You're just angry with, you're angry with the path. You close the Bible. You don't pray anymore. And, and everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're just angry. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
buat kita enggak, you can't go anywhere. <laughs> Why? Because they've, they've helped you so much that the life you used to enjoy before, you can't, it's not, you can't enjoy that kind of They took the freedom to enjoy living anyhow before. Because even if you go and try and you already know too much that you can't enjoy it anymore. Amen. And, and then you are feeling the weight of the, the expectation of the part of the spirit. And sometimes that, that old man say, we are not doing this thing. No, this is not. I, I, you know what I'm saying? They are, but when you when you stay that after a while, after a while again, it's just a wrestle. Then after a while, God will win. When God win in that battle, there's something the Holy Spirit will do. It's called the shedding of the love. At that level, whenever if you are in such a, a, a place, don't abort the process, no matter how you are tempted to do it, right? Because when you, when you follow the patience, the patience will form something called experience. That experience is called your character on the inside of you, they will lay capacity on the inside of you, amen. That character is the char- character, means character is the capacity they are putting capacity in his soul. To stand in a position, right? Character makes you stand. When you have character, you, you, you are able to, to stand against contrary forces. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? So character, then character, what read it for me? Then character, hope. And then hope does not do what? Make an ashamed. Because the law of right. Another translation says that hope does not disappoint. Doesn't make ashamed or it does not disappoint because it's an anchor. Because the love of God is what? By who? By the by the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we must walk by faith until love is shed abroad. When the how you know what love has been shed abroad is that in that area you would have made peace with God. You would have made what? Peace. Peace with God. You would have made peace with God. Peace is agreement. He will learn. So that is the beginning of what? Inheritance. Praise God. What I'm just trying to say to us today is to create, to make you see what is beyond faith. Or what is, we are not just hearing revelation, obeying revelation just for no purpose. There is a destination. There are things they want us to inherit. And faith is the means on how to how we're going to inherit such things. They are beautiful fruits of nature, of God, that they want all of us to bear. Praise God. But we have to become educated in the path and in the way to bear such fruit. Praise God. Um, let's just begin to bless God today. Thank Him for, for His Word. Glory to your name, Masiprandeli Kabaosia, Masiprahalabasto Prevenete Kado. Thank you, Jesus.
pray that the Lord will take our souls forward. All of us, we, are, we know where we are. We are, we are different positioning in the spirit with respect to different aspects of our nature that the Lord wants to, to deal with, to transform, to handle. Let us begin to ask for help from heaven. Those of us who need more revelation, we're going to, we will get it. There will be more release of revelation, more release of grace, more release of power, more of the ministration of the Spirit to undo ignorance, to undo vanity, to heal that alienation from the life of God. As many of us who have been walking, but we need to be anchored. We need to be anchored. We need to get to a place of standing in the spirit. We need to position our heart for inheritance. To inherit the life of God. To inherit the love of God. To come into an inheritance in the spirit. As many of us who need to be more steadfast in our time of tribulation, our time of patience, to wait until our resolves are broken, until covenants with the grave are broken, until covenants with death are broken, and there will be a release of grace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, that we have access into this grace in which we stand. There is a grace for standing, a grace to stand and to take our position in the spirit. That we will have position in righteousness. That we will no, lo no longer fall back into the old man. Thank you, Father. We release, we receive, we receive grace. We receive grace, we receive grace. More grace, more grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus. to stand in our our lot that lot not is a lot in terms of what you are about to inherit but the devil has a way of pushing us back making us retreat in our world and we can't hang, be anchored and 
hold on to a, a point of inheritance until it becomes our own. And I, I, I want to just know that the Lord is seeing that. And He is a, he's a very competent Savior. He knows how to give you inheritance. You know, that, that scripture said that they went from one nation to another, from one people to the other. He suffered no one to do them wrong. He rebuked kings for their sake, saying, Touch not my anointed, and do my prophet no harm. The Lord is saying that He's going to begin to address, you know, their spirits of harm. That are spirits who make men fall back. You know, when you are trying to lock into a particular nature in the spirit, a particular posturing of being as a, as a child of God that, you, that has come by revelation, there are things the devil can do. He can cut you off somehow. You, before you know it, you relapse again. You know what I'm talking about? Those who are walking by faith know what I'm saying. <laughs> but the Lord is saying that they are going to begin to produce so much hell. To anchor us. That we will become anchored into the way of love. Until we receive inheritance. Father, we thank you for today. We give you all the glory. But I will pray for everyone today who's under the sign of my voice. I ask, let this impartation become manifest yeah. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Father, I ask for grace to be anchored in the path of the Spirit. Yeah. That all of us will begin to measure out life Amen. in the Spirit. Amen. Father, I pray that let the, the love way be opened up to us, Amen. which is the way of inheriting your nature, Amen. inheriting your life. Amen. Father, I thank you. If there still be any questions in our hearts concerning this issue, Holy Spirit, you are the true teacher. I ask you to take this word even beyond what has been said. You are the preacher, the one who extends the voice of Christ to souls. I pray may, your, may you begin to minister to us Amen. the essence of these things. Thank you, our God. Thank you, Lord. We give all the praise to your holy name. Amen. And we worship you. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.